constant through all the years, Ray. Been beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. From the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program, sports talk without the trash talk. I'm Rick Benson with our producer, Zach Barletta, here in studio, but we also have a special guest with us. Our former co-host, Darren Metzger, is with us all the way from his new home in San Diego, California. Darren's in town for a wedding, and the timing couldn't be any better, as this week is the very week that four years ago... We walked into a studio to do the very first Beyond the Game program. It was May fifteenth, two 2014, the three of us walking in to do our very first broadcast of the program, which at the time was then known as Benson and those guys. So it is great to have you here on this particular week together four years later to talk about sports and sort of look back. We'll look do some looking back over this show and I just got to apologize to the listeners up front because just having Darren here automatically this show is just going to be a train wreck it is going to be a throwaway that's fair so we might as well just do whatever comes to mind on this program but let's talk about you a little bit I love doing that I know you that you do how's life in San Diego man it's it's awesome it's warm Pretty much all the it time. It is warm. Now, you yeah. mentioned that. Zach and I, I, I can't see. Zach, we're both wearing shorts and T-shirts. Yes, you guys are. You're wearing a hoodie, long <laughs> pants. You've got the hoodie up around your neck. And I'm cold, man. It's freezing here. I got soft in the last year. Man, like, oh, man. But you're, eat, you're eating well. I am eating well. I don't think it's possible to eat poorly out there. Like Everything's just it's healthy. You're outside what? all the time. You have to eat good. Fish tacos 24-7? Oh. Yeah, fish get, tacos, yeah. Just to get back to the weather, it is 68 degrees right now. <laughs> My man is freezing and it's, it's 68 it's un- degrees. It's under 70. I don't do it anymore. It's cold as it's been since you've been out there. Uh, the worst day, the absolute worst that we had, they say it was raining, it was sprinkling. They don't actually get rain there. It was raining at 58. Um, I did not leave my house that day. Uh, but everyone that I saw on social media and everything was complaining about how bad the winter was. I'm like, this is the worst day in the entire year that I've been here because this day happened recently. That's the worst. Like it didn't even reach 60. It was close, but like, that's that's the bottom. It doesn't get worse than that. So so you've been, you've been gone about a year? Is that yeah, It's coming up on a year. Yep. Coming up on a year. Yep. And you're already a different person. You're you're a health nut. You're uh, you, you get cold in, in, in the Rochester spring. You're you're cold. I'm, I'm freezing. Late spring because this yeah. is 68 is kind of a a cool summer day. Yeah. For us. Yeah. For our listeners, we have a kind of a, a college apartment. I guess what you'd call it refrigerator here. Uh, yeah, little tiny one. You guys have added some stuff here. I like well, it, Well, we though. keep the fridge, and in it we keep some sodas here in the studio to enjoy while we're recording. We've got some classic uh, sodas, old-time old root beer and, yeah. and a vanilla cream soda. Agave vanilla cream soda. I don't know if that Zach, changes things. Zach and I are pounding these things as we record a show. <laughs> My man from San Diego walks in, immediately turns the bottle over, and says, Ooh, there's 27 grams of sugar. 
<laughs> I gotta look good on the beach, man. I can't be eating garbage. Can't put garbage in anymore. I'm curious. You got in town. You've been in town three, four days. Yeah. What have you eaten? Oh, I've eaten a lot of garbage. Uh, I've had a I've had a plate from uh, Tahoe's. Okay. I've had uh, Bill Gray's World's Greatest. Actually, it was a Bacon World's Greatest. Even uh, better. Oh yeah, you gotta add bacon to it. I've had Schmegs, uh, Chipotle. What else have I had? I have See, that's not eaten funny well. because I would consider chip- Chipotle almost healthy. That's <laughs> yeah. true. I went with the burrito, though, like, and I just put everything I could in there. I'm like, you know, if I'm going to eat poorly, I may as well just Isn't go all out. is it basically a salad just wrapped in a tortilla? I actually uh, skipped the lettuce, so I didn't even have lettuce on there. <laughs> Look at you living dangerously. <laughs> also, we've got to wrap this show up now because I'm starving. So thanks <laughs> well, a lot. That's the other yeah. thing. He's looking oh, at yeah, the soda, yeah. <laughs> 27 grams of sugar, comments on that. Meanwhile, he calls us up and says, hey, can we go to Buffalo Wild Wings after the show? <laughs> I haven't had any good wings. Like, I miss wings there. Well, you're not going to get him a Buffalo Wild Wings. You guys hate <laughs> on B-dubs. <laughs> I like B-dubs. I like the garlic parm. I'm going to crush about 30 of those tonight. Regret and that, it in the morning. And that 27 grams of sugar is killing you. It is. It is. Yeah. So have you become a Padres fan? No, I'm still a Yankees fan, but I will support the Padres. I mean, they're they're basically a double-A team masquerading as a, as a major league team. But, I mean, they got some guys... Minor league guys. I think they're going to be good in a few years. I saw Games a graphic on the Yankees broadcast last night, night before, that gave the top five minor league programs. Oh, they got and the Padres good. were right up yeah, there. Yeah, they got I a lot Braves of I think Braves were number one. Yankees mm-hmm. were number two. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is most of their guys, like their prospects, the oldest ones are about 22. So they're a ways away from competing, I think. But they, I mean, even the guys, some of the, the rookies they brought up the last couple of years are playing well. Like, they're they're a fun team. It's like... I can't explain it until you go to the stadium, but it's just fun to root for them. Like, if the Yankees and Padres still play, I will wear my Yankees gear, go to the game, and root for them. But I can say that I, I, I pull for the Padres over anybody else. They're, it, it's just, I can't explain it. They're just fun. Well, it's good to have you with, you, with us. I'm glad you're in town. We're going to take a break. we got a lot to do on today's show. Actually, we don't. We're, gonna, we're, we're just going to waste some time here, to be honest. I want to talk about the last four years. I want to talk about some of the things that we've been able to do. We will talk a little NBA. We've reached now the finals. We'll talk about that. Zach's got some new shenanigans statements that he's going to share. Plus, we'll tell you what it is that we like this week and more. That's all coming up today on the Beyond the Game program, along with those guys, the original those guys. Zach Barletta and Darren Metzger. I'm Rick Benson. We'll be back right after this. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. 
Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program, the anniversary show. It's been four years of the program, so I'm joined by the original Those Guys, Zach Barletta and Darren Metzger. Let's talk a little basketball after the Indiana Pacers gave the Cleveland Cavaliers all kinds of fits in the opening round of the NBA playoffs. And it, it even appeared at times, to me anyway, that they, they might even send LeBron and the Cavs packing early. But wasn't to be. The Cavs have rolled since. They ran into, uh, not only did they come back and beat the Pacers, but then they ran into the top-ranked Toronto Raptors and humiliated them. And I will say that in that series against the Pacers and even continued it against the, the Raptors, LeBron more or less has picked up the Cleveland Cavaliers, mm-hmm. put them on his shoulders, and carried them to victory. Something that early in his career I didn't think he did and why I always thought Michael Jordan was the better all-time player. But mm-hmm. after the last few seasons, i got to say, I just don't know. I think LeBron is probably maybe the best of all time. And yeah. I know that's a genera- generational thing. We've had this discussion many times. Younger people tend to lean towards LeBron. Older people tend to lean towards uh, Michael mm-hmm. and some of the those in between that live in L.A. will give you Kobe. Give but you. I don't I don't think it's a discussion anymore. I, no. I, I got to tell you, it comes down to Michael and LeBron in mm-hmm. my mind and the way LeBron has played over the last few years, the way he has taken that ability to put the team on his shoulders – that's impressed me, and I think he's probably the best that's ever played the game. Would you think otherwise? I, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I was always – and I'm, I'm 33. I'm kind of in that middle ground where I saw MJ play, but I've also seen all of LeBron and Kobe's careers. And I was always an MJ, MJ, MJ guy. Uh, th- just in the last couple weeks, I'm like, no, man, it's it's LeBron. I, I get – please don't come at me with the 6-0 and in the NBA Finals with Jordan and, and LeBron being 3-for-8. I, I get it. Okay, but we're talking talent-wise and what he does on the floor. It is incredible. Uh, LeBron's in what, year 15? Dr. J, Magic Johnson, uh, Oscar Robertson, Larry Bird, they were all retired by year 15. And MJ was, honestly, he was he was a decent player. He was a marginal player by year 15. Look what LeBron is doing right now. It's incredible. He is just taking over. And he's really the only guy that the Cavs have left at this point. Like... That's that's why I think he is the greatest player, because I always said that about Michael, that ability to carry a team. But Michael had players around him mm-hmm. that, look, LeBron's got some players, yeah. but he doesn't have what Michael had. And at times, he's it. And he just lifts the team up and carries them to victory. And the way they have just dismantled, the Raptors looked helpless. They looked hapless against Couldn't Cleveland. Do anything. It, seems, it seems Cleveland's got their number, but... Whatever the case, Boston had to go to seven to beat Milwaukee. Something I didn't see that happening. I no. I didn't think they'd do that, especially without Kyrie Irving. And 
not only that, but then they moved past the upstart Philadelphia 76ers. Look good this year. Yeah, they have. And now we have the finals that I think everybody imagined. <laughs> we have the four teams that everybody thought would be there. But in my opinion, all four teams took somewhat different routes than mm-hmm. I think most people were expecting, with it, with maybe the exception of the Houston Rockets. But Boston hasn't been dominant like people thought. People doubted uh, the Warriors at times, especially when they were without Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And, and Cleveland at times was just chaotic. It was a circus. What was going was on bad. with the coaching? What was, was Kevin Love part of the team? Was he included? Was he sort of being shunned or or pushed out by others it was a it was a different mm-hmm. different route and it's just been a different year but at the end of the game you have the four teams that i think probably most people expected you would have i honestly was i was thinking at the beginning of the playoffs it was going to be the raptors and the sixers in the eastern conference finals i i didn't think the cavs had enough i for the first time i think in my career i was here not my career in lebron's career i was hearing like players weren't happy with him in the locker room. He only passes the ball when it could lead to an assist, like just hearing rumors and stuff. I mean, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's not. I don't know. But after watching the the NBA playoffs, man, it is incredible what LeBron's doing. I love James Harden over there in Houston. Um, I'm looking forward to both conference finals, honestly. I'm very excited about it. And if I'm LeBron, I may think about leaving Cleveland no matter what happens after this year because – after the way that the Celtics have been playing without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, everyone's forgetting about him. They're missing their two best players, and they're still playing as well as they are. Like this is this is exciting for basketball. Like I'm genuinely excited for what's going on in the game. In the past, I almost felt there were times where LeBron maybe gave up and mailed it, and I think mm-hmm. he did. There were series that he gave up on. There was games where he was well behind. I don't think you've seen that. In the last couple mm-hmm. of years, and you're definitely not seeing it this year. What he's doing is phenomenal. But as you say, would he leave Cleveland? I'm kind of curious what's going to happen now because I wonder if if Indiana had bounced them early, mm-hmm. would he have already checked out? Would the sweepstakes have begun? Um, and maybe that happens anyway. Yeah. But if he comes close, let's say he gets to the finals and they go six or seven games and lose again or, or win whatever, whichever, you get that close, mm-hmm. do you stay and make another run? What I, That becomes a little bit more difficult for me to see him leaving. I don't think that Cleveland really has the talent, but then again, they're doing just fine with everyone thinking they don't have talent outside LeBron right now. Well, so. they got the talent because they got him, Yeah, and he gets to coach the team, essentially. <laughs> you know what is being missed, though? It, it, it's something that MJ added later in his career, something that Kobe added later in his career, is that 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 fadeaway. The other night I'm watching him, he's just fadeaway after fadeaway, just turnaround jumpers that you can't defend. Like it's it's not a defendable shot. If you're getting it off and he's on like he was, it's going in. Like he's just getting better. And I read a report, I think it was Patrick Peterson for the the Raptors, like some they called a play and Patrick Peterson was in the wrong area. LeBron told him where he should be for his play. Like, he just knows the game and has watched so much film and played those teams so many times. He knows their plays at this point. He's just phenomenal. And I would take him over MJ at this point. And Kobe's way out of the conversation at this point. There's nothing he seems he can't do on the floor, whether it's close to the basket, whether it's far from the basket. Mm -hmm. Defense, oh my goodness, the defense is great. 
but LeBron never did give up. He never did. Uh, uh, it's the Cavs. He picked him up. He carried him on, and he has that type of focus, mm-hmm. which is just phenomenal to me. When a game needs to be won, and you can just dial it in at another level. Look, these are professional athletes. Mm-hmm. They get to where they get to as far whether you're talking. Any sport, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer. Well, soccer's not really a sport. Uh, <laughs> whatever you're talking about, to have that kind of, it requires that kind of focus. Mm-hmm. Focus on training, focus on the game, focus on, on the film, as you say. But LeBron's goes even beyond that. It's, the it's best incredible. of the best, the great ones are able to dial it in at a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you can recall, you, you've seen the guys that do the free throw and they've got that commotion going on in the background, whether they got, what is it, the streamers and, and big heads and all kinds of things going on. And they're all there to kind of break somebody's concentration. Mm-hmm. Yet pro golfers are, you know, they come unglued by a click of a camera. But I guess that, <laughs> that's another story. There are days where things come at us in our faith journeys that are like what the guy shooting the free throw phrases, you know, just stuff coming at us to knock us off our game. This is Philippians chapter four, verse eight. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, I had done a word study some years ago in preparing a message on this. And I remember looking up what the Greek language said in reference to that phrase, think on. And I found that the language there was translated from something that gave the sense of being uh, uh, some effort. It wasn't just a casual word. It was something that required a great deal of effort. It meant to deduce, to reason, to calculate, to ponder, to deliberate, to uh, really put some thought into what's going on there. It implies thinking about matter long enough to take into account the character and the implication to our own lives. It's not just thinking about, oh, isn't that nice? It's thinking about, isn't that nice? Isn't that uh, from God? How does that apply to my life? Paul is telling believers that whatever is characterized in these godly qualities is worth of intentional meditation, intentionally thinking on it. He had instructed the Colossians to allow the Word of God to dwell in them for the purpose of ministering to others. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The Word of Christ is to dwell in a believer so richly, so fully that it it sort of just promotes, it just sort of results in a spontaneous praise and worship of God. Whether that uh, manifests itself as singing, song, or whether that manifests itself as prayer, or maybe weeping, or or maybe just joy, whatever it is, uh, the believer is so caught up in the greatness of God that he allows it to just overwhelm him. Training our minds to think differently so that we're not distracted is, it's a difficult thing, but I think it's a very worthy thing as well. The best, the best Christian living comes from minds that are fixed on heaven. After all, you know, believers got to realize that that's where Christ is. He's enthroned in heaven, and since he's there, 
our thoughts and our minds ought to be on the things of above. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on the things of earth. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When our minds are set on the flesh or, or carnal things, we often invite trouble. We invite conflict into our lives. But when our minds are on the things of above, when we're walking in the Spirit, well, that's peace and, and that's life. Here's some things to, or here's something to consider when thinking about, I, you know, I really got to get control of my mind. I got, I got to be like that free throw shooter who doesn't get distracted. Uh, start with Scripture. Start with the Word of God. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When we're engaging with the Word of God, when we're uh, getting into studying the Word of God, we know truth. We learn truth. We understand truth. And the freedom that Jesus talks about, it, it doesn't come from just an academic truth, knowing what truth means in general, but it comes from abiding in him, abiding in who he is, abiding in, um, well, b- being his disciple in the truest sense of the form. There is nothing like the, that freedom that we can have in Jesus. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can purchase. It's not something that um, status obtains it for us if we reach a certain place in life. Nothing matches it. And it's it's sad, really, how very few Christians really ever truly walk in that type of freedom and that type of truth and that type of abiding in the Savior. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is much, I think you'd agree, there is much in popular culture today that causes a conformity mm-hmm. to the world mm-hmm. to ungodly practices, ungodly habits, and it, it those are distractions that, well, they really result in rebellion against God. The battleground between conforming to the world and being transformed is fought in the mind of the believers. Mm-hmm. Believers have to change how we think. We have to f- change how we approach things. I, I don't want to be conformed to this world. I want to be transformed. I want to live life to the fullest in worshiping and praising God. And how how do I do that? Well, by renewing my mind, a daily renewing of my mind. The problem is many Christians live with this um, this sort of response based on their feeling. They live based on a feeling or wrapped up in the things that they do. They they How do I feel about this thing? That's, that's how they build their response. Well, I don't like that. So uh, it doesn't matter what the Word of God says. If they don't like it, they're not going along with that. If you take that approach, how do I feel today about something? Well, two days can bring about two different results. And if you apply that to your wife or to your children, well, they made me angry, so I'm not going to honor them the way the Bible says I should. Living your life simply based on feeling is not sufficient, nor is getting wrapped up in those things that we do. You know, you've seen those people, they're involved in a ministry because they feel they have to, yet Mm -hmm. their body language would suggest they don't want to be there at all. They want Mm -hmm. no part of it. It, it, It's as if they're just... Well, yeah, they have to be there, so that's why they're there. Now, understand, God's not against feeling. He's not against doing something. I mean, obviously, he he commands us in his word to be doers of the word. And he's a great God of feeling. He, He is the source of love. But feelings and those things that we do are simply 
insufficient foundations in and of themselves for the Christian life. The first question can't be, well, how do I feel? I don't feel like doing this. I I don't like it. Or what can I do? You know, if I serve enough Mm -hmm. or if I work enough, I can can get, uh, you know, it'll be good enough. It'll be acceptable. It must be our, our response to things must be, well, what's true? What's the right thing to do? What's the word of God say? And we renew our minds each day going about that, using the, the, the word of God as a filter to determining those things I have to do. Now, there all those distractions of life knock us off what we're trying to do. We need to stay focused. We need to stay abiding on the word of God. Don't let life get you off your game. Don't let life uh, get you out of your daily spiritual habits. Purpose within yourself to think positively about others, about yourself, about the future, about the past, about problems, about life. Stay focused on the Word of God. Remember what it is that the Bible is instructing us to do. Working through the hour, along with those guys, Zach Barletta, Darren Metzger, I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. My hand is shaking and my knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet. Who do you think when you have such a... Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through May 10th, 2018. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. With the semester nearly complete, if not completed for many, the competitive seasons are all but over for this year's Red Hawks of Roberts Wesleyan College. Some awards and accolades were handed out this past week, though, which I'd like to share with you. Freshman Emily Tomei of the women's lacrosse team is the first player in the history of Roberts Wesleyan women's lacrosse to be named East Coast Conference Women's Lacrosse Rookie of the Year. The Webster, New York native started all 18 games and scored 44 goals on the season to go along with 16 assists, totaling 60 points. Tomei was tied for 11th in the ECC for points on the season. Tomei was named ECC All-Conference Second Team. She joins teammates Taylor Nathan and Victoria Greco, all three girls from the greater Rochester area. 34 members of the Roberts Wesleyan track and field teams were named to the All-Conference team. On the men's side, 18 student-athletes were named All-Conference, 11 making first team and 7 nominated to the second team. For the women, 12 of the 16 named received first-team honors, while four notched second-team selections. Congratulations to all the Red Hawks athletes this past year. From all of us here at Beyond the Game, it's been our honor to partner with you in promoting Roberts Wesleyan Athletics. For more information, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com. You'll find plenty of other news regarding Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, as well as scores, game highlights, and much more. And don't forget that you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time.
Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta and Darren Metzger. Four years of doing the show with those guys now. It's been a good ride. Been a lot of fun. I, I will say, it's it's been a lot of fun. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-mm. Four years ago, and we've been on a number of stations here. We've got our podcast. You know, we have faithful listeners that have been with us since the very first day four years ago. Mountain View, California is one of those areas that have... There is downloads there every really? single week. Mountain I don't know where that California. is. Well, I think that's it's where, California. Yeah. That's where Google is located. Oh, so oh, okay. I'm guessing it's in the mountains or close to the mountains. Well, you can but at least view the mountains from yeah. there. <laughs> but for you, this is something that Zach and I started talking about, and we were the other day. You and I were talking about this, trying to figure out when did we start I, talking. I think about we figured it. out it's been 13 or 14 years since we first started talking when, about it. When it, we got the idea to say, "Hey, what if we took." sports and mixed it with faith and many years later we got the okay let's do it all right mm-hmm. we finally move forward with it and you came along and we're like yeah i want to be part of that and we're like great <laughs> more the merrier this will be fun we, so, need, we need an idiot on the show let's bring him oh and it's been fun and there we were four years ago hooked up with dan borello he was with uh-huh. uh espn rochester at the time our good friend dan and there we were, parking along that street, walking into the studio for the first time. I don't know. I was nervous. None of us knew what to expect. Mm. I had done five or six weeks of radio mm. a few years earlier, but I know you guys were walking into a studio for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And on our list of topics, we had Michael Sam, right? We were talking mm-hmm. about oh, and, yeah. And something else that was uh, somewhat of a hot button Donald issue. Donald Sterling? Oh, Donald Sterling, the racism. Yeah, we had, yeah, so four we had, years ago? We had racism and homosexuality as our very first show. Uh, I awesome. was convinced it was going to be our only show. And, and you were, I, you've never moved from that. You weren't saying that in a silly, oh, this will be the only time we do that. You were actually convinced this is it. We'll do it <laughs> And it was time. also, it was daunting. Like, I didn't know what to expect. And we pulled up to the station and we walked up to the front door and it was locked. <laughs> and I was That's like, right. this does not bode well. Can't go. This That's can't be right. Good. And then somebody comes out, oh, come on in, come on in. Yeah, yeah. That was cool, though, man. ESPN, that's our first ever radio gig. That I, I was legitimately nervous. But like, it's been fun. It's been a fun four years, and we've talked about a number of different topics. And one of the things that's always amazed me is we were concerned about well, what if what if we don't have enough material to talk through sixty minutes? What will we do? Sports. We just yeah. That was Darren's <laughs> idea. We're just going to whisper into the microphone. Sports for sixty <laughs> minutes. That's what we would be doing. Well, we've never had a lack of material. No, and we've talked to some great guests mm-hmm. over the years. Guests that have been. Uh, I, I don't think you're. The average guest that you're going to see on ESPN or no. Fox Sports, we're talking mm-hmm. to, to different people, but they have some very interesting stories and things that they do in mixing sports mm-hmm. with ministry. But one of my favorite segments of the show. One of the things I miss with you being in California, uh, we do some different topics. We do mm-hmm. our good, bad, the ugly. We've done shenanigans for a long time. Uh, we started out with pest of the week, talking about fun. something negative, mm-hmm. and then we decided we wanted to be an encouragement. Mm-hmm. So now we do you like that. But one of my favorite segments was when you were doing the unreasonable rants, which I, <laughs> I miss with you, as I said, being with you out in California. But Darren would put together these rants that absolutely oftentimes, well, they started to make no sense at first. That was the, the humor in it. They made no sense. But then he got on a roll. Well, it started with this one. Barry Bonds never took steroids back in May of 2014. 
I'm starting to think that Barry Bonds never took steroids. As far as I know, he was, he was never caught. Right? All these reports just, you know, they have something against the greatest home run hitter of all time. Sure, you know, he gained some impressive muscle weight. His arms were the size of my entire body, and his head grew 12 hat sizes. But, I mean, that doesn't prove anything. Was he ever caught and convicted? No. Then he never took steroids. Neither did Rafael Palmeiro, Sammy Sosa, or David Ortiz. These tests are flawed and open to interpretation. Just ask Ryan Braun. <laughs> now, the idea was, was Darren would, because Darren will argue with anybody. So the idea was he would take a segment and just argue the point until you know, it really made no sense. Just be the loudest until I'm right. But then we went to this one. This was from October that same year, October of 2014. And this is where I thought for sure his wife wasn't going to let him back into the house. <laughs> this this was um, all women everywhere. Oh, no. Were, oh, guys, no. does your wife or girlfriend hate sports? Oh, no. i got a few tips for you to change that. Number one, bring sports into the kitchen. <laughs> A good woman knows her place is in the kitchen making her man sandwiches. But it doesn't have to be a sports-free zone. Tell her to make a cake and then have her write sports rules on the cake and icing. No, you can't. No. <laughs> she'll, like, she'll like sports a lot more, just a few delicious desserts. Number two, teacher through word association. There's many terms a woman uses in her daily life. There are also sports terms. For example, take the simple actioning, action of ironing uh, your of her ironing your shirt. And ironing's heat. The Miami Heat are a basketball team. You're, uh, you, you iron shirts on an ironing board. Boards surround hockey rinks. There are probably many other sports terms related to ironing, but I don't know them because I'm a guy and ironing isn't my job. <laughs> Lastly, this is terrible. buy her female cut sports attire. She doesn't like sports? Well, she better learn to now that the most expensive thing you ever bought her is a $200 female cut Tony Romo jersey. <laughs> she doesn't wear it. She's a total jerk. That's just a fact. So there you have it. Your wife or girlfriend will be a sports fan in no time. You're welcome, and I'll probably never do another rant. <laughs> do you have any remorse? How much trouble did you get in from your wife? I mean, she must have had something to say about that. I honestly have the most understanding wife in the history of wives. She most of the time just like laughs and shakes her head at me. Like it's kind of like shaking my head, like you're an idiot, but she doesn't actually say it out loud. I got no trouble. Like listening back on that right now, I I cringed quite a bit, (laughs) but I got no trouble for that. But you were always very humble. In your approach to it, you never really got uh, an inflated ego. <laughs> but then this goes this. out to my man uh, Jerry the Umpire. He was tasked <laughs> I with the this. very important job of calling my Monday night softball game, <laughs> and he was doing a stellar job until the fifth inning when he missed a call involving me. Did now miss I disagree with the call, and you know we had a chat about it before before my next at bat, and I thought that we came to a mutual understanding that he owed me one. Apparently, I was wrong because he missed a second call involving me. The play after we just had the conversation. It's I simply cannot let this type of shoddy umpiring continue. I understand that we are human and we are bound to make mistakes, but that does not give us the right to bring anything but our best effort to the field, Jerry. It's your job, nay, your privilege to umpire my softball game, and it must be done right. I am the Mike Trout of softball, and I expect to be treated like the superstar that I am. So the next time you are given the distinguished privilege of working one of my contests, make sure you bring your A game and glasses, because I not only expect a perfectly called game, but I also want a few favorable calls that this superstar deserves. That was also May of 2014. So how, that's, how do we get through the first year with me saying things like this? Oh, my goodness. Here's I think one. just nobody ever heard it because if they did, <laughs> we would not have We had no fans yet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, one more. 
Anyone that knows Benson knows that my man loves to eat. Some <laughs> people might even say that going to restaurants is his hobby, which is why I shouldn't have been surprised when he got recognized this past weekend by our waiter, but I was. You say, Darren, it's happened before when I've eaten with him. What's the big deal? We were in Canada. We were in a different country. Rick Benson, hip-hop Rick, the ugly sweater aficionado, the man that made turtlenecks cool again, is an international superstar, all because of his love for food. If you don't find this amazing, you should, because not only was it in another country, but it was at a Brazilian steakhouse. If you're a man and not familiar with what that is, you need to be. It's a place that keeps bringing you different kinds of meat on a stick until you tell them to stop. All men, if they're living right, should be as well-known in an establishment like this. You, sir, are an inspiration. I applaud your restaurant game prowess, and I hope one day to be just like you when I grow up. <laughs> I forgot you about my that. mind. I am so hungry now. That was awesome. Well, now you know why the last four years has been a lot of fun for me, and I've appreciated both you guys. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into Zach's shenanigans statements. I'm Rick Benson. They're those guys. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey gang, Benson here. You know, because I'm a bit of an introvert, I don't rush right up to people and get in a conversation as I see others do. I wish that were more comfortable for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about people. In fact, one of my greatest joys is to help people. The biggest help I can ever be is to tell folks about the grace of God. Now just hear me out. Give me just two minutes, and then because I know you're a smart person, decide for yourself what to do with what I'm telling you. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so, in fact, that he sent his son, who is the only one who never sinned. And though he need not die, willingly did so on a cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. He says so in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But though he gave his life, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, defeating death, making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God I want to tell you about. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people. God's grace is freely available to everyone. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here it is, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. 
If you want to know Jesus, pray to God. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and that he did that for you. And then start a new life, repenting from your sins and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be forgiven of sin, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Sports talk from a faith-based perspective. Beyond the Game is recorded in Rochester, New York, but regardless of where you are, you can listen to the podcast by visiting our website, btgprogram.com, or by finding it on iTunes or other podcast sources like Google Play. And of course, you have the option to subscribe and have it downloaded automatically each week. The podcast is downloaded. It's listened to regularly around the world. Such places like England, Ireland, recently in South Africa, many other places internationally, just as it is throughout the United States each and every week. This week we say hello to Sacramento, California, where last week's program was downloaded, home of Blue Diamond Almonds. Perhaps Brie Larson, the very beautiful if I might add, Brie Larson, one of our listeners maybe in Sacramento. The actress was born there back in 1989 when I was already six years out of high school, so maybe it's a little awkward for it's me to refer to her. It's a lot longer than I ever as, thought we'd talk about Brie Larson on this show. Well, no, I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> very looking forward to her turn as Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel. Yeah. and suspect she's going to be doing a little Thanos butt-whooping in uh, Avengers 4. At least I hope I am. Um, List of other famous people from Sacramento, very, very long. People like guitarist Jeff Watson, original member of the band Night Ranger. Many other musicians like singer-songwriter Brie Larson. Her top <laughs> CD actually peaked on Billboard's chart in nineteen, er, yeah, 2005. It peaked at number 31, Brie Larson. She performed a number in one of your favorite movies, Zach, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. What? She did? She did. So, uh, she was in that movie, and she sang a song in it. Dustin Pedroia, the laser show. <laughs> Pedroia. Was born and raised in Sacramento suburb of Woodland. Former NFL receiver Dante Stallworth, also born in Sacramento. Super agent Scott Boris, also born in Sacramento. Many other highly intelligent, full-functioning, good-looking people born in Sacramento, California. Zach, why don't you give us this week's shenanigans statements? All right, number one, the New York Yankees would not have gone on the amazing winning streak they're currently on if Joe Girardi was still the manager. Ooh, I mean, how is one to know? But I am going to say I agree that they would not have gone on that run because a couple of the moves that Aaron Boone made in the last week were strictly uh, based on what the numbers said. Mm Mm-hmm. He stuck with some guys based on numbers, and I know Joe Torre was always good at playing hunches, and, and Joe Girardi sort of rode that line in between, but 
Aaron Boone has made a couple of moves strictly on analytics. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree as well, mostly because um, I read an article today that made me think about this. It said that basically if you change any one little thing, sort of like the butterfly effect, that everything would be different. And I believe in that partially, but I also think a lot of what's happened on this streak is you see the Yankees fall behind early in a game. And they don't panic, and they stay loose, and at the end of the game, they do whatever they have to do to win a game. And I think that's partially a reflection of Aaron Boone's personality, you know, where you used to see Joe Girardi rigid in the dugout, chewing gum with his whole face flexing because he was a giant Uh muscle. And, you know, Aaron Boone's just so much more laid back that I think partially it's a reflection of his personality. What do you think, Darren? I'm actually going to agree with you guys for mostly everything that you just said, um... I'm not saying Joe Girardi was a bad manager. He did win a World Series there. Right, none of us are saying that. It was just, it, it was a culture change that was needed this year, and I think Aaron Boone has been absolutely wonderful for the Yankees. You got guys like Didi Gregorius, which is, he's just awesome in the clubhouse as well. Just everything that they got going on right now, it's perfect. I think he's settling yeah. in for sure. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the year, I thought he stuck with his starters a little too long, and maybe mm-hmm. he was too quick yeah. to pull a reliever out. Mm-hmm. You know, he had... Less patience, it seemed, with the relievers, but I think he's settling in from what it appears. He took, uh, he took Herman out when he was throwing a no-hitter. Like, that's that's an analytics move right there. That backs up everything Zach just said. Number two, speaking of the Yankees. Well, as... I said that. But, oh, okay. you said that? You Sorry. can give all the credit to Zach, I was ready but... to take the credit. <laughs> yeah, you were moving right <laughs> on. Okay, okay, next cool. question. Cool, Thanks, I'm good. Darren, man. Thanks all for right. coming back from California, bro. <laughs> I'm great. Moving on. As we record this, the Yankees currently have the best record in baseball, so truth or shenanigans, the Yankees are legitimately the best team in baseball this season. Oh, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're God's team. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to say truth, and I'm pretty sure I'm about to take – you know, I'm going to take credit for something that Zach sent me earlier in the day. The Red Sox and the Yankees have the best records in baseball, except the Yankees have played, what was it, 23 of 36 games against teams like that are – 26 of 34 yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, of, against teams that are 500 or better. And the Red Sox have played this like a similar amount, like 26 out of 34 or whatever, against teams that are under 500. The Yankees are a good ball club, man. And keep in mind, they don't even have all their weapons yet. They're getting more help very soon. They are the best team in baseball. It, it, it's it's very fun to watch. It's a very fun team. I'm enjoying it immensely. It is a lot of fun. I don't remember a Yankees team that had a feeling quite like this team. Where last year's team was fun like this, mm-hmm. but you didn't have that feeling that at any time they were just going to start bludgeoning the other team to death. And this team, you kind of do. Um, I'm going to say shenanigans. I think that you know, as far as the record says, yeah, they're the best team. I still think the Astros are the most talented team. Mm-hmm. You look at that they're pitching good. staff and how good they are. That lineup's not clicking yet, but eventually it will, and they're going to start bludgeoning teams the way that the Yankees are. So I won't call the Yankees the most talented, although I think they're probably top three. But, boy, are they fun to watch. Well, when the Astros get it all together, and I, as I suspect they will also, then they will be the best team in baseball. But right now, the Yankees clearly are. They're winning games. They're beating good teams, as Darren alluded to. And they're, well, as you alluded to, they're relaxed and playing mm-hmm. well. And they're listen, they're on a streak right now that you haven't seen this type of no. streak in mm-hmm. many, many years. So they're they're playing above and beyond what anybody even thought they would. And I think one great and important thing about this streak is that they know now that they can beat any number one team. You know, they just they're beating the Red Sox, they're beating the Astros, they're beating the Indians. They're beating number one teams and when they see those teams late in the season or in the playoffs, they're not going to be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. 
Number three, Des Bryant, most recently of the Cowboys, will find a new team for the 2018 season. What do you think, Zach? I'm sure he probably will, um, but I don't think it's going to be a team that specifically is targeting Des Bryant. I don't think he's the same receiver that he used to be. I think he's lost a step or two. Um, I'm sure he'll find a job because he's a brand name, but I think it might take until somebody gets injured in training camp before he finds a spot. Darren? I, yeah, he's going to find a team. I realize he's not what he used to be. Um, and please don't hate me for saying this. I'd love to see him in Buffalo. He need like They need receivers there. Yeah. J- Josh Allen has, has to throw it to somebody. Why not Des Bryant? I, he's not a number one anymore. And I think he even knows that. If you pay attention to some things that he's been saying, like, I want to go to New York, play with Odell. He's basically admitting he's not the number one anymore. And if he knows that and he goes in, he's not going to be a diva. Like I think he'll fit in just fine with the Bills or really anybody if he knows that he's not the number one. And there's one. nothing I could add that you guys haven't said. I agree he'll find a new team and for the, all the same reasons. Do you he's, think it'll be your Giants? It could be. Uh, Darren makes a great point in that he knows he's not a number one and he's going to mm-hmm. go into a situation that's simply a fit-need type thing. Number four, in a recent poll, a whopping 82% of fans polled said the NFL should allow its players to use marijuana. So truth or shenanigans, the NFL needs to allow its players to use marijuana. Boy, that's a tough one. I'm going to agree if it's medical approved, Mm -hmm. comes with a doctor's note, and is monitored and closely monitored uh, to just recreationally use it. No, absolutely not. I'm going to agree with that as well. I'll add to the statement an asterisk that for medical purposes, for pain relief. You know, I think football players, we hear the stories about how they wake up on Monday morning and can't get out of bed and stuff because they're in so much pain. And it's a brutal sport, and it it leaves a toll on your body for the rest of your life. And I think marijuana for pain management, Mm -hmm. it's not addictive like a lot of the things that they're given like candy by their teams. You know, it's not going to harm them. It's not going to cause addiction. Now, should they be taking it while they're driving? You know, as many players have been arrested for doing, no. But I think specifically in a pain management sense, I would be all for it. Honestly, for years I've wondered why it's okay to give your players Vicodin and Oxycodone and just keep popping pills, things that you know are harmful to these guys, but you won't let them do something like rub cannabis oil on their knees that are hurting them or their shoulders or something like that. Cannabis oil doesn't make you high. It does relieve some pain, but it's not going to make you high. I don't know why if there's a naturally occurring substance out there that is not as harmful as big pharmaceutical pills and all that stuff is, why are we not letting these guys use it? Because we can't have a locker room of football players sitting around singing Willie Nelson songs. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? That'd be great on Hard Knocks. (laughs) Last but not least, before the Boston Bruins were eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs by Tampa Bay, forward Brad Marchand received a warning from the league stating that if he continued licking opponents, he would be disciplined. Truth or shenanigans, licking other players is deserving of a suspension. Shenanigans. Let him play. How did we know that was coming? This is hilarious. Why does anyone hate on this? If he gets punched in the face, fine. Let the the players police themselves. Like, if someone licks me, I'm fighting you. Like, straight up. Like, that's an immediate fight. But you support his right to lick you? But I support his right. We're in America, and I support his right to lick people. California's gotten into your head, man. (laughs) Now you're cool with dudes licking other dudes. I wonder if aluminum, can can we allow the aluminum stick where we can roll that stick on the ice and get it all frozen, and when he goes to lick you, just put that stick between you and his tongue, and we got... 
he'll be stuck to it like flick <laughs> to the in the flag flagpole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, suspend that cat. I disagree. <sighs> you can't go around licking people. It's socially unacceptable <laughs> and it's awkward. It's hilarious. You know? One of my first thoughts was, remember a couple of years ago when the mumps were going around the league like crazy and then every team had five to ten guys in the locker room who were yeah. coming down with Sydney the mumps? Sidney Crosby got him. Well, yeah. What if there's something like that going around and Brad Marshine is licking you and giving you a disease? Like I know that's a that's a like a worst Haters. case scenario, but no, dude, you cannot be licking me. I cannot be li- licking other players on the ice. You just can't do it. It's no so fun. gross. It's no fun. Players talk- trying to explain to their wives that they got it because Brad Marchand <laughs> licked them. Yeah. It's no fun. It's like when they 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 find or suspended J.R. Smith in the NBA for untying people's shoes. And that's funny. And we let we, it go. We talked about this off the air. We were like, you know, there's a fine line between <laughs> being an expert antagonist and just going too far. Licking somebody's going too far. Lance Stevens blowing in my <laughs> ear is much different than Brad Marchant licking, putting his tongue and saliva <laughs> on my skin. These are two different things. It's we, so funny. We, well, Both funny, of, I would agree. It's funny, <laughs> but we can't have it. Both have led to great memes on the internet, though, and for that we can all be thankful. <laughs> oh my God. Why would you – have you seen hockey players sweating? They're gross. Oh, why do you want to lick them? I, ask Brad Marchand. I, don't know. I would much rather go after the game and get myself a vanilla cone, you know, get, a, get one of those soft serve <laughs> yeah. twist ice cream cones. He's just trying to get a mental edge, man. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we're going to be right back to close up the show. We got You Like That coming up uh, right after this break. I'm Rick Benson. They're those guys. This is the Beyond the Game program. It's here. Ram Sports Network, Christian Sports Television. That's right, Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian Sports TV channel with programming from Pee to the Pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, Western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network, more than a game. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Psalms 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. The NFL just completed its 2018 draft, and we don't often hear much about players being cut this time of year, but offensive lineman Orlando Franklin was indeed cut by the Washington Redskins last week. And for Franklin, losing his job was motivation enough to call it a career at the age of 30. But don't misunderstand, Franklin wasn't bitter and in fact issued an explanation to fans via Instagram. He said, hey everyone, it's been a rough few days for me, and more importantly, a rough three weeks of me not being able to see my family every day once I got off work. Over the last few days, I've realized that FaceTiming my son is just not enough. I've always looked forward to being a father. Right now, I'm not at my best because I cannot be a good father here in D.C. while my wife and son have to be in Denver. And for this reason, 
I have talked it over with God. My family and my agent have decided to retire after seven years of playing in the NFL. Franklin was originally drafted in the second round by the Broncos in 2011. He still resides in Denver. In his seven NFL seasons, Franklin has earned an estimated $24.5 million, so one would think he's in a position to retire and still provide pretty well for his family. And family is first for Franklin. It was back in 2011 during his rookie season when he briefly left the Broncos for a spell after his younger brother had died at the age of just 20. Hmm. Franklin himself is a great story. As a boy, he and his family once lived in a homeless shelter. After he got into trouble with the law and ended up kicked out of school, his mother gave him an ultimatum, and thankfully, Franklin turned his life around and has stayed true ever since. Now you know where Orlando Franklin gets a strong commitment to parenting. And it's Orlando Franklin's commitment to his children and to his family that I like this week. What I liked this week was a story of the way that baseball brings people together. And we saw um, before the season, the St. Louis Cardinals traded outfielder Stephen Piscotty to the Oakland A's. And it came out later that it wasn't so much a baseball move as a move to let Piscotty play close to home where his mother was dying of ALS. We learned this week that a few days ago she passed away of the disease. Piscotty took some time away from the team to be at home with his mother. But... One of the first stories that we heard right after she passed away was that Cubs pitcher Hugh Darvish, who has never been a teammate of Piscotty, had made a $10,000 donation to ALS research in the name of Stephen Piscotty's mother. So Hugh Darvish donating to a great cause in support of someone he's never even been teammates with is what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? Uh, mine's also coming from baseball. I, Dexter Fowler and his wife have decided they're going to name their baby girl Ivy. Um, it's no... Secret that Fowler has love for the Cubs. He was a big part of their 2016 World Series run, loves his old teammates. Um, And they have confirmed that Ivy has nothing to do with his love for the Cubs, but it still started a Twitter beef between Cubs and Cardinals fans, and I just loved reading that because Internet trolls make me realize that I have above-average intelligence, and I really (laughs) like to know that. Uh, So thank you, Cubs and Cardinals fans, for fighting on Twitter. Uh, It made me feel good about myself. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Glad you could be with us for this week's show. My thanks to Darren Metzger for being here this week. And to both you and Zach Barletta, I want to say thanks for four great years. You guys have made doing this program over that time a lot of fun. And I appreciate what you guys have invested in making this program possible. It's been a great ride, and we're still on it. (laughs) And to our listeners, both over the airwaves and especially our faithful podcast followers and subscribers, I thank you for four great years as well. Please consider partnering with our team here at Beyond the Game to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of listeners through Sports Talk Radio each and every week. Your financial contributions to this radio ministry is what keeps us on the air. And if you have a business, consider advertising with Beyond the Game. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Lots of other stuff there as well. Additional information about the show past broadcast, detailed information about how you can know Jesus Christ personally and begin a faith journey walking daily in the love of God. And don't forget to check out the Myth and Mysteries podcast. Our producer, Zach Barletta, his brother Spencer, put a ton of work to share with you some pretty cool stories. Give them a listen for yourselves. Myth and Mysteries, it's available on iTunes and Google Play. Visit their website, mythandmysteriespod.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.